live. Hi, welcome to the P40 podcast. This is Shireen Vishmaya, and I'm back with Gary P. Caton. We do this. This is like our annual annual reunion. Yeah, spring has not been the same without you, my friend. Same. I know I missed you. We were doing Project 40 last year, but I realized we always do our podcasts together, like going way back to like 212 in the spring during airy season because i think of you during airy season well you know i mean it's not it's not like i don't have uh what five or six plans <laughs> it's kind of hard not to you know i like to joke with people the first time they see my chart people have you know two basic reactions they go oh or they go oh <laughs> That's the thing, right? When you've got the stellium. It, it depends on like how you feel about Aries at the moment, I guess, because there's a lot of it. <laughs> I have a similar with all the with the Scorpio stellium people. A right, people, people, yeah. People excited about it. Most people look terrified. Yeah, well, I think I told you this. You're born on my sister's birthday. The same year? No, same day. Oh, yeah. 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 And no, she's she's older. Sorry. Does she also have a stellium in Scorpio? Um, I, she does have something else. I think she's Sun Mercury in Scorpio. Yeah, I haven't looked at it in a little while, but but yeah. So I I mean that's why, and my father was a Scorpio, and so you know, like I love Scorpios, man. Um, but but yeah, different different signs get different reactions from people depending on their own personal experience, I guess. Different zodiac strokes for different folks. I know, yeah. I know, it's true. I think of all, people say that the, of course, now that everything's getting so watered down and like memed out, everyone's like, oh, Aries, Scorpio, and Gemini are the dreaded signs. wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. <clears throat> Well, you know, um, Sam Reynolds has this thing he calls the Zodiac Mafia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like the signs that will get you, you know, like, you know, like Mafia, you know. Um, and I think he includes Pisces in there, which a lot of people think of them as all sweet and, you know, everything. But, yeah, people have different versions of, like, whichever signs. But um, I think a lot of it has to do with, in Vedic astrology, they call houses um, 2, 6, 8, and 12, Distana or something like that, right? Yeah. I think those are the signs that people have the hardest time with because it's just they're set up to have a difficult relationship with those signs just by the nature of, of their chart, you know? And, it may, and so you're naturally going to see them kind of sideways, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's those. I'm not an expert. I can't remember if those are the Dishana houses, but I know definitely eight and 12 is. I think, yeah, I think six. Is it, I thought it was, yeah, I think you're right. I thought three was difficult. I don't know. I got to brush up on my notes. Three is, is also thought to be like like semi Dishana or something. I can't, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's some other stuff going on there. But I just, um, I think that that, I think that that's, that forms an interesting relationship like, with those those signs end up being uh, more problematic. I was talking to a lady just the other day and she was like complaining about all these Aries and Leo men that she has a hard time with. And they're her eighth and 12th, you know? And it's like, well, you know, yeah, I could see 
yeah. I could see why you would have a hard time with that energy, you know. Um, or, or the six eight pattern too is challenging, you know. Mm -hmm. Six or eight away from you tend to be like the strongest attraction and the this most difficult, the enemy pattern or the. <clears throat> My astrological mentor, I always talk about this. I think we might have even talked about this in another podcast, but he called it the like the sex healing vibration because six uh -huh. in the, the Virgo role of more of the healer and then Scorpio is like the transformer through the sexual energy through the eighth house. But he, um, yeah, he, he looked at it like depending on who was in the sixth house role and who was in the eighth house role, one would play the servant and one would play the transformer, which I thought was mm -hmm. kind of Thing, all oh this. yeah yeah that's i mean i always tell people i think the seventh house is like the house of relationships when things are going well yes <laughs> <laughs> well, or, or you're like in that one-to-one -one balance like you're trying you're to in that, yeah you're in that nice balanced state where everything's equal everything's peaceful you're getting along but then it can flip into like an eighth house dynamic or a sixth house dynamic and depending on which side you're on you know <laughs> things can feel different, right? <laughs> yeah, but then if you think about, also if the seventh house is the house of open enemies, sometimes it's the ones that you're supposed to be in this harmonious relationship that you're just, you know, flat, like full out having this open confrontation with. Yeah, right, like lovers can turn into enemies or, you know, you, you probably had that experience where like somebody, when you were growing up, somebody that you started out like being enemies with and, for boys, it was like, you know, you almost come to blows or did come to blows. And then later on, they turn out to be like your, your bestie, you know, and it's like. <laughs> yeah. Travel tested relationships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one seven, right. The bear, the battle tested relationships. Yeah. But it's interesting. I mean, I do think that, well, since we're in Aries Libra territory and now we just, today we're doing this podcast on the new moon in Aries, which is, kind of a heavy one right because we've got this powerful square going on with pluto and saturn and then yeah, South yeah. Sitting there what do you how are you feeling that um oh my god me personally yeah can you believe it saturn is going to station zero zero degrees zero zero minutes boom square my son man oh. like dead on so basically like I get the direct hit one day and the retrograde hit the next day. I think they're actually two days apart. So instead of getting the like one, two, three, I get one, two, three. <laughs> get the third one way later. So, I mean, Saturn, I've just been bogged down with work. Um, yeah, I got, I got like this huge project um, along with some regular work that I do seasonally for a calendar. Um, so like, there's just, and it's like, I'm literally working seven days a week, evenings too. And it's like, uh, and it's my favorite time of year where all I want to do is be like out in nature and enjoying, you know, all that. And it's like, well, I got to sit inside and <laughs> so it's pretty typical Saturn stuff. Yeah. Like there was the heavy responsibilities. And where is Saturn for you natally in your chart again? It's in the third whole sign house, conjunct my son and Rahu. <laughs> there you go. So writing, there's, I've got like a ton of writing work. And it's kind of my fault, really, because 
I made this talisman back in November when um, there was an alignment of Sun, Mercury, retrograde, Jupiter, um, all on the star Antares. Oh. And I made this talisman for that alignment. And um, like within two days, I got a call um, from the horoscope.com people. And she was like, oh, we want you to do all this writing. And it has to be done in a week. Or not in a week, in a month. And blah, blah, blah. Can you do it? Yeah, sure. Wow. Um, so I did all that. And then they were like, oh, we've got some more writing for you. And oh, we've got some more. And, oh. and it's like... <laughs> Oh my God, what have I done? I've unleashed this like barrage of uh, work on myself. So, I mean, I have no one to blame but myself, right? Yes, welcome to the world of daily horoscope writing. Uh, <laughs> you feel like you're always in school, always have homework and have fun. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it's like, how can I like basically describe, you know, Mercury and Pisces 25 different ways, right? <laughs> Exactly. So you, so you got your thesaurus out and you're like, no, I already used that word. <laughs> you, you have to get really creative. It's true. Because you end up saying a lot. Like, especially, do you, are you writing daily horoscopes also? Um, no, what it is, is it's what I'm working on right now is it's like, um, it's going to be an app, I think. And it's like oh. comparing. So it's like synastry. Like, yep. so your Mercury is in um, Sag? Me? No, Scorp. Scorp, okay, right. No, your your rising's in Sag, yeah. <laughs> so, so like if I were gonna compare Mercury in Scorpio to my Mercury in Aries, right? Um, so then, so what are those, what do those two signs have in common? Mars. Mars, they're ruled by Mars, right? So, so like it's so then you have to put on your lens of like a relationship counselor, okay? Like, let's build on the strengths of this. What do you two have in common? So here's it now. Here's your differences. Here's your commonalities. Like, you know, how can you make this work? Yes. And so, yeah, it's kind of a creative challenge of like, you know, um, just figuring out what each combination has in common and how they can like, you know, meet in the middle in that sweet seventh house spot and not be like, you know, in one. <laughs> yeah, we're in a six eight, aren't we? <laughs> Mars in common. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that helps, right? That definitely helps to have that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I kind of like it too, because what I've noticed is that the silver lining for me, or the, I don't know, bronze, maybe even gold, but like, I have to stay off Facebook. I can't, I can't, like, I can't read the paper. I can't watch the news. I can't be on Facebook. I'm just like in my own little bubble. And you know what? I like it. It's like, there's no, there's no like negativity or drama yeah. because I can't, I can't afford Like if I, if my mindset gets thrown off and I'm sitting here thinking about drama or whatever, I can't focus on the task at hand, you know? So it's like, yeah, because Saturn's like transiting from the 12th, right? So he's forced me into this like secluded place where I have to just focus on my work. And it's like, wow, I'm digging it because, you know, the drama factor is. Oh, yeah, Saturn's going through your 12th. Yeah. That's his house of joy. Right. Happy. And, and that's exactly what I'm finding is that 
you know, reducing the distractions has brought some measure of joy in the sense of, oh, I don't have to worry about, you know, whose politics is battling whose today and like, um, you know, and and, uh, whether the Kardashians, you know, did this or, you know, all all this drama that is constantly fed to you through the media and whatnot, you know, it's like, I realize like, it takes a toll on your attention. It takes a toll on your ability to focus. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's nice to be free of that for a little while. It's like, it's like fasting or something, right? Yeah. You're doing like a tech fast or like a social media. Yeah. Yeah. Basically like a, um, like a news or media fast or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's yeah. squaring the 12th squaring to the third because it's like saying look even if you're home in your office you're still on a retreat 12th house is very much about taking that retreat from the worldliness and all the worldly stimulation right so it's having you do third house in a different way now having you do third house focused saturn version yes exactly like stay on message right yes yeah. <laughs> yeah like the higher like Saturn doesn't like us to waste anything, doesn't want you to waste time or waste your mm-hmm. energy. So it sounds like this is allowing you to just prioritize what you actually want to put your mental energy into, which you obviously get a lot more delight about being more of a scholar or a researcher or a writer or a creator than just reading the, I mean, I hear you instead of being caught up in the news feeds, which is like soul draining. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it's like, I don't know, it's, I think, I look at it and I go, why the heck was I doing that anyways, right? Like, wh- like what, you know, what exactly is the point? It's like, you feel like you're sort of obligated to like, I don't know, if, if to be part of the world or something, you know, like in order to be part of the world, you have to know like what's going on with yada, 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 whatever. And it's like, well, maybe sometimes, but not all the time anyways. I know, and it's very, I, I find that the, you know, they program it to be so addictive that we don't even realize we're scrolling and it's not like we're actually getting any real nourishment from the scrolling. Once in a while, that's the thing, because it's like, that's the whole point. It's, it's, it's like, yes. Right. And what do they do in behaviorism, right? Yeah, Randomly, right. you hit the button every, just every once in a blue moon, it'll yeah. pop out a pellet, right? Just enough to keep you hitting the thing. <laughs> exactly it's totally that what is it variable ratio schedule that keeps us hooked they know they designed it that way so i have to like i'll catch myself and i'll just be like i'm trying to like just leave a place sometimes i'll be on my phone i'm just i just mean to check a text message i'm trying to get out of like let's say i just wanted to work out i'm trying to get out of there i am like i'll catch myself sitting for 10 minutes i got caught up in something Yes. And then somebody comes back in the room and they're like, you're still here. And you're like, oh no, (laughs) like you've been caught. You're like, oh my God, this thing just sucked me in. It's like a trap or it's like, and it's weird because I mean, that's, that's right. That's what's going on right now with the South node is meeting up with these two planets. And there's this like, there's this like, there's this like sucking energy where you get sucked into this thing. And it's like, it's hard to get out of. Yeah. Because like, I found I, I found that I literally have to turn the thing off because I'll literally just innocently, right? I'll go, oh, let me check, you know, so and so. Like even you and I, I mean, we we message each other on there, right? Yeah. I go, oh, let me check what Shreen said about what da da da, like what we're gonna talk about. 
Yeah. You know, so I can write down, you know, the things that are like our, you know, yeah. talking points or whatever. Right, right. And the next thing I know, like this person's messaging me and that person and the little notification, you know, so-and-so said something, so-and-so tagged. And the next thing you know, like two hours have gone by and you're like, oh man. Two hours, exactly. No, it's, it's terrifying. I know. It's really, I mean, I really hope that Saturn can help us save us from this to stop wasting our time. Well, and before we started recording, we were talking about um, Chiron because last year we were right in the, so we were actually, yes. a year ago we were, because we're just coming out of Mercury retrograde again now, but a year ago we were, was it a Mercury retrograde when we did? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Aries, right? In Aries, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This time it was in Pisces. Uh, yeah. But we, I think we were like right in it around this time, right? I think we were still doing it. We that. were totally in it because like when I, when I take my cat for his walks, yeah. I'm noticing like the same natural phenomenon, like, the, remember those pictures I got of the ferns unfurling? Yes, and, I, I recognize those. Yeah, and and like there's the same tree that's blooming, and that's what that's why I said the spring is not the same without you, because I'm thinking of like um, that time, you know, when I see these things that those pictures now have like connotations and stuff in my head. But yeah, that that was a trip because you know we were focusing. The theme was Mercury retrograde, right? And, you know, I wrote a book on Mercury, so I was kind of focusing on that. Yeah. But, but the whole point of Project 40 is that it's like this alchemical container for this transformational process to happen, right? And so it was really crazy because here I am, like you, you know, telling people, yeah, you know, the Negretto is happening and it's breaking stuff down and it's starting, you know, psychologically you're starting to cook. And like, you know, it might break things free and you might find like disturbing dreams or something, right? So here I am. And it's almost like you're talking about yourself in the third person. It's this weird, I'm, I'm telling people. And then next thing you know, what, what happens? I have a dream where I'm like putting my father in the crematorium. And then, you know, and, and then, you know, I hear this banging on the door is trying to get out and screaming and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> You talk about disturbing dreams. What the hell was that? And of course, there was this huge key symbol in, oh, yeah. right? There, there was this key that was like literally like waist high. It was like unmistakable. And I'm like, oh my God, Chiron wants to talk. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's in, in Chiron. You were, were you having a Chiron return then? Yeah, that was just before my. My first hit of my Chiron return. Yeah. I had kind of blown off, to be honest with you. I mean, you know. That's right. Was, I focus on Mercury, but I can't remember. Was Mercury hitting your, was there a Mercury-Chiron thing going on also at that time? Well, they're conjunct in my natal chart, you know. <laughs> and yeah, they were both, you know, getting ready to be in Aries together, you know, so. Hey, that's, that's incredible. I mean, people that don't believe in astrology, and this, I mean, that's what I, I love that about Project 40. You know, and you know, I finished my last project 40. I know. It's, I was like, oh my God, it's the end of an era. What the hell? How can this be? It's a big empty space now in my life. It's so funny. Like I went through like a depression, but I had to go through the, the real like morning of it before it can have, a, it hasn't had a rebirth. Maybe after this new moon in Aries, I'm waiting for the rebirth still. Uh-huh. That was one of yeah. the last ones. And, wow. Wow. And I'm, I'm just. Thing. It's a very, that the last P40, 40 of them were the Uranus and Aries incarnation. It was born mm-hmm. Uranus and Aries. 
Mm. It died when Uranus went into Taurus. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. You know, and that's the other thing. I mean, so recently we had Chiron move into Aries. We had Uranus move into Taurus. And then Mercury's been plowing back and forth through Pisces. So those three signs have all been like getting really stirred up. Oh, yeah. And, um, and, and yeah, so a lot, I've noticed that when I was still paying attention to social media and stuff, I mean, I had one lady come on my, I made a comment about, you know, how I do the pictures of the loops and talk about like, oh, this part of the loop is like when there's the most dramatic like change in terms of the actual motion. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of like a roller coaster going over the edge, you know, and hold on. And I mean, <clears throat> I was trying to make a fun metaphor, like most people enjoy roller coasters, right? Yeah. And this, this, people started commenting, oh my God, like, and this one lady got on there and she was like, holy crap, like three different people, she's, she's a practitioner too, and she's like, holy crap, three different people have um, contacted me presenting, you know, with suicidal ideation, what do I do, you know? And I literally had to walk her through like the guidelines of like, you know, basically you know the you know you have to figure out you know if they're a threat to of, of harm to self or others and you know and the basic guidelines of like you know make sure they have the information for hotlines or local resources and, and yada yada right um, been a very, very uh, volatile it feels very volatile like like um there's a lot a lot of change just hit all at once right and people are sort of freaking out um and the unknown on top of it it's like this feeling of like death and change but not knowing what's replacing the old paradigm so i think that creates a lot of une you know uneasiness and discomfort because we sense like the old paradigm the old world is dying and that's been just increasing 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 but we don't have a sense of what is replacing it yet Right. Yep. Yep. And I mean, that, that fits in too with like, you know, the Jupiter Saturn cycle, right? <clears throat> they're, they're going to have a conjunction in 2020. And a lot of people are looking ahead to that and going, ah, but Hey, it's 2019, you know, like it, it's like the balsamic phase of that cycle. So we kind of got to get through this first before we can have that. Well, and this is, rebirth. we've got this preview already, even with this I, I sensed, like, I could definitely feel, I don't know if it was the dark moon, like, getting closer and closer to Chiron, mixed with the um, um, Saturn-Pluto with the south node, like, that energy is quite definitely, that I think that makes people feel like they're dying. Yeah, you know, and it's not just the south node of the moon that those two cats are hitting, right? It's this, they're on their own south nodes as well. That's why it's double. Which, yeah, that's a good point. You know, and, and it's like, oh, I mean, Pluto doesn't hit its nodes, but like twice in a 250 year cycle. So that's like, for so for it to be like literally on the ecliptic plane means that like the, the Pluto principle is interacting with Earth the, the most directly. Because uh, one of the arguments, you know, for Pluto not being a planet is that it's so extremely you know tilted so it can be 17 degrees off the ecliptic at times right um so for it to be like boom right on it's just like it's just like 
right on top of it, right? Really bearing down like all the Pluto um, energy. It's as, it's as real and as earthy and as like, you know, directly impacting the earth plane as it does in only twice in its whole orbit, right? So it's like, wow, that, that alone is like, you know, pretty monumental. And then you got Saturn doing the same thing and the lunar south node, K2, which is like, you know, eclipse energy essentially, right? Yeah. That's, that's a handful. That's yeah. a big, yeah, it's a big deal. Um, yeah, and I'm thinking of Pluto being so connected with the judgment archetype in the tarot and how it's like, we're all kind of coming out of our coffins now. Like there's this judgment day awakening feeling and it's like, where are we? What have we, been, what have we just been living through? That's interesting. Is that 20? Mm -hmm. That's Trump 20, right? Yeah. That's interesting. I think if you do, there's different ways to do it, but you know how you add up your birth date and you get a number. That's right. I think that's mine. So right. I'm like, I'm like the high priestess and the judgment, right? I remember that. Actually. And, and back, you know how I became an astrologer was I started out like um, looking into shamanic type stuff. And um, because I had these dreams where the crows were talking to me. Okay. And, um, and and I was trying to figure out what the heck is that, right? Because yeah, I was studying architecture, man. I was figuring out forces on beams and stuff. And I've got these animals talking to me at night wow. and I'm going, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so I started like visiting caves and the, and and this stuff and eventually I read um Jamie Sams she has these medicine cards right um where it's like animal medicine and um she was talking about this I think it was for bat um bat medicine and she was talking about this night of fear ritual where you like you go into the woods by yourself and you like sleep in a depression like a grave right so it's like literally a death rebirth initiation and i was like yeah that's what i need so i took off into the woods and it ju just so happened i walked into the perfect place where this tree had fallen over and you know how it creates that you know the root ball like you know creates a depression and then at the t at the top of the hole this stone had popped up and was just sitting there like perfectly erect. And I was like, Whoa. Oh my God. Whoa. So I spent the night. So I literally enacted that, that tarot card without even knowing what I was doing. Did you sleep there all night? Did you crawl into the hole? Sorry. Yeah, I did. I slept in the hole and, and there was like an owl hooting over me. It was spooky, man. Oh. And how did you yeah. the next day? Well, I mean, it took a while, right? It, the, basically, like, the next two years were me, like, disintegrating my old life and, like, finding a new life before. So that was kind of like my entrance into the underworld. And then two years later, I had my dream where I saw Venus and the sun and became an astrologer. Whoa. Um, I love so that. that, yeah, that that card, that, that's, that is very Plutonian and that idea of... Um, you know, transformation and stuff. Um, the, I think the dangerous part about, you know, Pluto is that, um, you know, as a god, he was, on the one hand, he was the only of those cats who was faithful to his woman, right? I mean, you don't hear about Pluto running around because, like, all he had was Persephone, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, he was like kind of greedy and he wanted to have more subjects for his kingdom and he wouldn't let them go once they got there, you know? So it's like, um, even though, I mean, as a 20 something year old, <laughs> you know, they say fools rush in where angels fear to tread. Like, uh, don't try this at home kids because, <laughs> because that was a very difficult journey. And the truth of it is, is that, you know, if you aren't careful, you, you know, you might not make it out, right? Because um, you, it, there's a lot of pitfalls, you can get stuck in that. And if you don't have a guide, um, or a, or like a, you know, a, a map, or something, I was lucky, right? I mean, but fortunately, I mean, that's the whole reason why you created like Project 40 like you did, because you can be the guide. You can provide people with the map where they can go through this thing within a safe, contained space. And they're not like, you know, just wing it like I was. Yeah. Um, and they don't have that danger of getting stuck or, you know, not being able to find the way out or whatever. Right. Luckily, I mean, I when I first started doing this archetypal work with astrology, I was working with an Aries man um mm. at Brecker, and he one of the first things he said because he tried to do it on his own very airy style too like he tried to he wanted to figure out how to like initiate himself through the archetypal realm through his inner he had an inner guide uh-huh figure out how he needed to have his guide and that was his whole work the inner guide meditation but then at one point i think he he hadn't he, he was just trying to like short step it like you know skip steps and just do a quick version of like i just want to confront the devil archetype i don't know what he was i can't remember oh my goodness <laughs> wow and he was like all right we're not doing that again because he got stuck you know and yeah maybe that happened before he found his guide actually i might be i have to read the story again i might be mm -hmm. that mixed up that would make more sense but in any case the, the moral of the story was that without his guide he got it was terrifying i mean it's like people have those night terrors mm -hmm get caught in those archetypal dimensions where you're possessed or you can't move or you yeah yeah it, yeah so that's why you know in the myths the hero or heroine always like either like you know er, whether it's her name ariadne who the string or the breadcrumbs or some kind of way out right inanna she she tells her helper like hey if i don't come back like send for my uncle you know <laughs> like it's because it's a place that you visit. It's not a place to, to be, you know, for yeah, sure. Don't, don't, that's don't that's why in the, um, you know, in the, in the vitriol, you know, in the, uh, you know, vitriol is visita interiora terra, like visit the interior of the earth. It's an alchemical saying. And through rectification, you will find the hidden stone. Well, notice they're saying visit. That means you don't go there and try to dwell there. You go there and come back right and so yeah it's really important to understand that that part of it like that you've got to you've got to prepare the way out ahead of time yeah don't so that mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. you, you got to have an out you got to have exit plan <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah <clears throat> but but yeah i mean you know that that potentially that is potentially you know a very powerful opportunity in a lot of ways for um for experiencing that you know rebirth archetype of of the of the judgment card right um yeah yeah, yeah. it's just looping back to your dream last mercury retrograde in aries project 40 because 
that was such a powerful dream. And I think it would be helpful maybe to just share like how you worked with that dream, just because I feel like we're in a time now where people should be really extracting the gold from their dreams. Like yes, that. yes, yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, um, yeah, so, so the dream itself was really disturbing, right? But, you know, dreams are not necessarily meant to be taken literally, right? So the dream, the short, you know, the Cliff Notes version of the dream is that I was kind of like one of these medieval monks. And um, my father had died and, and, and myself and this other monk, he was sort of senior, not super senior. He was like a step or two ahead of me. Um, and we were like putting my father in the crematorium. And as we were doing that, the, 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 it turned on. Um, and the flames started, and I was like, oh, man, better get out of here, you know, and, and then we get outside, and um, this senior monk guy just smiles. You know, in, in, in monastic settings, often you, you don't speak, right? There's a vow of silence, and so he, he just smiles and, like, you know, communicates with body language, right? And, and uh, okay, that's done, and, you know, then he goes around the building. But he had taken this huge key, like huge, I mean, all up, like waist high, and stuck it in the door and just left it there. And I was like, you know, like, I don't know, but I, as far as I know, keys are for turning, right? So I turned the, the thing. I thought, ah, he just forgot or whatever, you know. Um, dang space cadet. Or <laughs> so I turned the lock, take the key, and walk back around. And, uh, and then all these... Other monks are sitting there and they're looking at this other door that I couldn't have seen. It's like they were expecting someone to come out of it. And I was, and they were looking all happy and stuff. And I was like, this is weird. Somebody just died. You know, what's going on? And then I hear, they hear this boom, boom, boom on the, ah, you know, and I was like, holy shit, I locked the door and my father's in there. He's not dead. And of course, that's when I woke up. I was like, oh my God, what in the world, you know? Um, but I started working with the dream. I just was like, okay, let's just find the most obvious symbol in there was Chiron, right? So like, let's start working with Chiron. And it occurred to me that I had done some work with the other outer planets through their um, discovery charts. And I had gotten a lot out of that. So I was like, oh, I, hey, I never did that for Chiron. Let's do that. So I started looking at the discovery chart, and I noticed that Chiron's like in the sixth or the fifth house, somewhere below the horizon. And I'm thinking, how can you, <laughs> how can you discover something when it's not even in the sky? Like, what the hell is going on here? And it just, it sort of like um, triggered some of my, you know, neurotic type stuff where I start going what the hell, like, there's not even any, like, regular, like, um, methodology or whatever, you know, like, we don't even know what we're doing, like, what, what is this, no wonder people think we're crazy, and, I, and then I realized, like, you're, you're doing the dream right now, like, the burning of the father is like the, it's like, in alchemy, they call it calcination, yeah. where you, you burn something down to its base um, salts, right? To the mineral salts. You, so you can extract the, the basic essence of it and, all the, and burn away all the impurities, right? So, 
So that's what the dream was telling me. The dream wasn't telling me anything about a wound. My father was still alive. And in fact, I had recently taught, you know, sort of, you know, mended things with him for the first time in a long time. Um, so it wasn't telling me anything about a wound. It was kind of showing me my medicine, Chiron and Aries, right? Fires, cardinal fire, like burn that shit up and find the pure essence of it and yes. then build from that rather than just accepting all this dogma that people have told you is true. Find the core of that truth for yourself and go from there. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, you know, like, yeah, because, and it, and again, this wasn't anything that I hadn't yet done. It was just showing me like, keep doing that. Right. That that's good. Like keep it up. Can I just say that it's so funny that, you know, we're in the new moon in Aries and yesterday when it, the brightest, when the moon was, it was the dark, but it was in Aries. And I heard that song Disco Inferno by the Tramps. <laughs> I saw you posted that. Yes. When I was young, I would dance to that for hours. I could not, my Aries could not get enough of that song. Uh-huh. Like, Aries love that. For, like, it's so, it's got all the Aries imagery. The know? Inferno, man. Yeah. <laughs> Cardinal fire. I remember I would just put that on for hours. I couldn't, I had so much energy I could not burn through. <laughs> kind of that dark heavy moon and I put that on and I look like a freak I was literally dancing down my street (laughs) (laughs) I could not control myself like I I kept replaying it like for hours I was crazy I was like oh my god this is the song like to feel the burning like to just feel like yeah that's calcination that's burning in the soul yeah you you read you recover that like pure basic life force urge you know um by burning away through all the shit that was laying on top of it right yeah totally right now so you're a great guide you know i feel like and i mean i haven't i'm just coming on into my chiron return it hasn't happened yet but it's like right on the border but you just completed so it's nice it's so great to talk with you to see like the process of like coming in. Yeah. 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 And I think you remember like at some point, you know, the talk got around to the whole wounded healer stuff. And I, I had a strong reaction against, I was like, man, I'm tired of hearing about this wound stuff. Like I don't feel wounded. I don't, you know, I, I, I feel like, um, I'm, I feel like I'm entering part of my life where I'm becoming empowered and like, learning how to really use my medicine, uh, you know, like my full range of medicine, you know, because Chiron was, he was a medicine man, essentially, right? He was like a philosopher and taught the art of war and healing and medicine and all that stuff, you know? And I think that for a lot of, there's a lot of us that were born with Chiron and Aries. I think that to me, that would be the message of ultimately that that's what the Chiron return is about, is about claiming the wisdom, claiming the medicine and claiming, you know, and like really just doing it and being that teacher of teachers. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, because, um, another thing that we were talking about is like this, you know, we came up at a time where astrology was dominated by a a generation of astrologers who, who had, you know, kind of arrived, on a pretty pristine scene that was like, you know, wide open and they could, you know, they just kind of marched in and, and did, did their thing, did what they wanted. And then we came on a scene where it was already pretty crowded with, you know, a lot of them 
we kind of had to like really, you know, slowly work our way in and pay our dues and all that stuff. Um, which is fine. I mean, that's part of the whole Chiron, right? Chiron trained Jason and, um, uh, these other heroes, right? Um, so there's a, you know, like, um, paying respects to your teachers and, you know, you mentioned your teacher earlier and all the people that you've, you know, that's always been something that I felt really strongly about, but I see a whole bunch of people coming in now. And let me just be clear before I say this, that's great. I love it that there's a whole, that there's new generations coming into the field and that they've got new ideas. I'm down. Like, that's awesome. But, but, but what I see that's worrisome to me is like this idea of like, um, I don't know, I'm, you know, there's sort of this, um, I mean, in Marxist terms, it's like petty bourgeois. It's like they sort of, um, they, they mimic the, um, the ideals of the ruling class. They're like, they're like coming in, like they're all that, like they just arrived, all that, right? And it's like, okay, look, I mean, I understand like confidence is important. You know, you need confidence to be on your game and all that. But like, you know, whoa, easy. <laughs> like, it's why not? It's a time and you got to have time. Like they want it. They just feel like, because I think there's a couple things. One, I think there are a lot of old souls that are like, hey, I remember this. Because I remember I was, I'm an old soul. And I remember coming and thinking like, I know all this. But there's yeah. still a Saturn piece of it that you got to pay your dues. You've got to. And you've got to honor the people that came before you. I mean, I, I think that's that's healthy. Like, there's, you know, like, look, there's certain aspects of, like, patriarchy and whatnot that are complete bullshit and need to be done away with. Yeah. Glass ceiling, for instance, right? I mean, yeah. like, okay. But this idea of honoring the people, I mean, hey, most of the time, the people that I'm honoring that came before me are women. Yeah. You know, Erin Sullivan, for instance, I mean, I mentioned her, like, you know, my book, like that little seed, that core seed of what she did in her, you know, classic on retrograde planets. Yes. And, and, you know, and, and you know, what is awesome about that? I, I sent her one of my books, you know, and she wrote back saying, I love it. And like, you know, giving me feedback and like, I'm really glad you took this to the next level and blah, blah, blah. And that to me was so like gratifying yes but also just like it was sort of affirming that yes i'm on the right path like yeah and that's necessary you know that's a that's a that's all part of the initiation right that's the that's the relation that's the that's the that's the positive capricorn right like honoring honoring your elders you know and and all that so um, I would like to see a little bit more of that, I guess. Um, but you know, that I think that, uh, yeah, with the, with the Chiron return, um, you know, that's kind of where, you know, you step into that role and you begin to, you know, I'm teaching people now who I see have incredible potential. And I think to myself, wow, like, you know, imagine what they're going to do, you know, they're maybe just at their Saturn return or something. And I think to myself, oh my goodness, like, you know, I'm excited for them and all the, and all the, you know, um, wonderful territory that they have to discover and grow into and all that. Um, 
yeah, what do you think, Gary? I was just thinking, like, you just made me, it just gave me a light bulb, like, that the Chiron return could be the time when we really do step into the role, a different level. I see a lot of people when they go through their Chiron return do step into the role of the teacher and mm -hmm. are really ready to then pass on their medicine because that's definitely what's happening with mine too is I'm finally, I've been talking about it for years, I'm finally setting up a, I'm finally this year, I just started my priestess healing arts. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, that's fabulous. Yes. I mean, let's not forget, right? The heroine's journey, right? She, she, she leaves the village and she goes out into the wilderness and she has this confrontation, you know, let Dorothy with the wicked witch, there's a million versions, but right. But then what she still has to bring that back home yeah. she has to bring the boon back and integrate it back into and so like going on that journey and having those discoveries is wonderful but integrating it back into and sharing it with the next generations and like you know leaving that encapsulating that that medicine in books and classes and whatever so that it 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 revitalizes the world and carries the, the all that on that's the ultimate responsibility right I love that. mm -hmm. that's it's like that's the i mean without that it's not really it may you know what do they say it's like when you when i was working in the mental health field if you didn't document it it didn't happen <laughs> you know it's like i could go out and spend all this great time with you know clients and whatnot but the documentation uh, is is important to make sure that you know um, there's a there's a written record or there's a you know that it kind of just um, encapsulates that experience and allows it to be um, formalized in a way that it's then able to carry forward it becomes like a seed right it becomes like a seed of from which you know new things can and who knows who who will take what you or I did and go like in all kinds of directions with it. And that's awesome. Like go, but we've got to, we've got to do the work of like creating those seeds first before, before that can happen. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really excited about that and seeing a lot of my colleagues and what they're coming up with and how they're handling that. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, I think that, um, you know, I remember back when I was first breaking into the ranks, you heard a lot of the um, older astrologers talking about, well, where are all the young astrologers, right? We don't have that question. Like, I don't think we have to ask that question. <laughs> where are they, right? Um, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, so, so like the fact that there's, that they're here, and that they're arriving on the scene is great. Um, but, and, and I think it, there's a lot of hopefulness for me um, for our art and for our, you know, our way of um, seeing the world to like have a beautiful next, you know, set of chapters that could really like, you know, um, be, I mean, who knows what's, what's possible. So, yeah. You know, I mean, it's easy to get dispirited. Like I said, you know, you get all, I mean, the media is great at giving us bad news. They're not so great at giving us the good news, you know? 
because the bad news is like the drama that sells, right? It's like the clickbait. It's like, you know, right. and, um, right. and I, I just try to focus on the good news is that like, there's, there's a whole nother level of um, astrologers arriving on the scene and doing their thing. And, um, and like I said, our, our roles is to leave them something that they can like take and, and as a seed and, and take it further and, you know, pass the baton and all that stuff. And I'm really excited. I feel really blessed that that's the case, right? It would suck to be going like, like who, who's going to like looking around going like, who's going to like, you know, step up. So the fact that we don't have that problem is, is awesome. Yes. Well, that's a, I think that's a beautiful note to end the podcast on. I want to keep talking to you. We're going to have to do another one. I got to come back <laughs> yeah. to you or you come back to me. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. I'll interview you next time and we'll talk some more about, um, I don't, uh, we wanted to talk about Venus and Pisces, right? Yeah. But okay. That's what we'll do the next time. All right. Cool. And it's Venus day, but we just, we got into our Aries. <laughs> the Aries took over. We got um, possessed. We did. We're like, because we, we had to reconnect with the Aries because that's where we left off. <laughs> I think it was important to talk about all this Chiron energy, though. I'm really glad we did. Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. It's always great to talk to you anytime. And, and it's a great honor. And thank you very much. Thank you.